Gospel according to John. Glory to, to you, O Lord. Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning. Happy Pentecost. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, for the birth of the church. Help us to be your church today. Amen. This past Tuesday, I had the opportunity to participate in a ride-along with Sheriff Deputy Chris Carrico, a member of this church. Chris is a part of the homeless outreach assignment, and so we spent the day talking with people who don't have a house or a home in a traditional sense. I am deeply thankful for the work of Chris and his team, including a nurse by the name of Brittany. Now, the funny thing is that Chris's wife, as you know, is also named Brittany. So Chris is one of those very fortunate guys to have two people in his life named Brittany who, you know, gently encourage him and maybe direct him now and then. And in fact, if you think about our group of three, it sounds like the beginning of a joke. A deputy, a nurse, and a pastor walk into a homeless encampment. Normally, there's a third person in their team someone from the Department of Behavioral Health Services, someone like a social worker. Uh, that role is currently vacant in their team as they look for someone to fill it. So the homeless outreach team approaches people, gets to know them, and offers services to them. It's a job that takes a massive amount of patience and persistence. And a few times throughout the day, since I was tagging along, I would ask, would you like a prayer? And every time I asked, the answer was, what do you think? No. It was always yes. It was always yes. And so we would pray for housing, for health and safety, and giving thanks for people like those on this outreach team, sheriff deputies and nurses and social workers. We called on the name of the Lord. So today, on Pentecost, we read the story in Acts. Thank you, Jeff. 
some challenging uh, names in there. Maybe that's why Ingrid asked you to do it this Sunday, right? <laughs> but you did very well, thank you. And as we read in that about the gift of the Holy Spirit, at the end it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Each time that we prayed, we called on the name of the Lord to save. Were the people saved? Good. And I asked myself that question when I spent the day talking with people who were homeless. So we started our morning off in Rancho Cucamonga, and we were in a very nice neighborhood, and we saw a couple that looked out of place in those very manicured lawns and streets. They looked out of place as they pushed three large shopping carts filled with stuff, and they had two dogs with them. So we pulled into a gas station, and they were headed there too, so we caught up with them. Right away, both people said that they would be open to getting housing, but they blamed the other person for not wanting to go. If you go to a homeless shelter, you can't bring your dogs. If you go to a homeless shelter, you can't bring your shopping carts full of stuff. So there were many excuses why one wouldn't want to go. It's deeply troubling to consider. You know, they even made an offer saying, working dogs for warriors, which if you remember when we did the blessing of the animals this past October, the special offering we collected went to working dogs for warriors. This organization not only raises therapy dogs for veterans, but they have also offered to foster dogs while people go to a homeless shelter, and then they will give the dogs back. Other people have offered to store things for people, but there's still a lot of reasons why people say no. Maybe they don't believe, or maybe they, they're not ready. So you could see that there was kind of a dependence going on between this couple and not a good way. One, the deputy, Chris, was talking with the guy, and Nurse Brittany was talking with the girl, and they both said, well, I would go, but the other person doesn't want to. And so that was that. Now we read this morning in our first, uh, excuse me, our second lesson from Corinthians. It says this, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of gifts, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. As we went through the day, it seemed that homelessness appears to almost be a kind of an addiction itself bound up with other addictive habits. It involves dropping out of social conventions and expectations. Once a person's accustomed to living outside of the mainstream and not having to adhere to the normal social conventions we all do, it's pretty hard to go back and to participate in them. It's a bizarre sort of mixture of freedom, freedom from normal responsibilities, but also a kind of 
prison and enslavement that people can't get out of. And that dependence that people have that we talk to reminds me a little bit of our psalm this morning. The psalm said this, all of them look to you to give them their food in due season. You give it to them. They gather it. You open their hand and they are filled with good things. But when you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. We talked about how in the recent rains that flooded channels, many homeless people in our area just died. They were just swept away and that was it. On a good day, they open their hands and they receive gifts, free food, just a dependence on God's grace, but just as easily can return to the dust. So we continued on our journey. We went to Upland, we went to Ontario, we went to Fontana. And in Fontana, we were driving up Sierra and we turned past a bus stop where we saw a person that the homeless team recognized. He was sitting there with a Lakers basketball cap on. And when he saw us, he kind of made a big a facial gesture like, oh boy, here they come. And they chuckled because they said they, they knew exactly who this was. And one of the opportunities, one of the windows that is there for someone to get off the streets is when there's a medical emergency. When they have a medical need and need to go to the hospital uh, to be cared for, if it's handled properly, they can be directed into like a skilled nursing uh, facility. Other times, as we read about in the news, they're just kind of discharged into, you know, certain areas. And that was the story with this man uh, who Chris and Brittany knew. Uh, they had helped him a few months ago. He was doing very bad health-wise, and he went to a hospital, and from there it was arranged that he would go into a skilled nursing facility. And he was there for months, and he got better, and he was, he was getting more participatory, becoming more social, but then he reached a point where he didn't want to be there anymore. He wanted to be with his friends. He wanted to have the freedoms that he had before. And so he left of his own accord, and now they were seeing him for the first time since they knew that he had left. And that was why he had given his big body language of, oh boy, here they come. And so there we were, and um, we were on this bus stop, and uh, Nurse Brittany was, you know, talking to him very thoroughly uh, to find out what was going on. He had a foot that was out of the shoe. It did not look good at all. And there were some other people there at the bus stop as well, uh, presumably some of this man's friends, part of the reason why he wanted to be back on the streets and to have his, his freedom to be with his friends. There was a man sitting next to him that uh, was really out of it. He was so out of it that he was leaning over and just about to fall off the bench. And uh, Deputy Carrico told me, you know, if, if he falls down off the bench and, and he's unconscious, we, we call the ambulance. But I kid you not, every time that this man's face got inches from the sidewalk, he would, he would kind of wake himself up and, and sit back up. And this happened repeatedly. Um, until eventually he regained his composure just a little bit and then walked off. And in fact, one of the interesting things about the homeless outreach team and what they told me 
is that there are just a couple of windows, really, when people are willing to get off the streets, typically. I mean, of course, there's exceptions. But the rule of thumb is that within the first year, within the first year that someone becomes homeless, it's scary, and they're terrified. And they are more willing to accept help and go into a shelter and make a change. After a year, it's not that the streets get any less terrifying, but some other habits can be formed, some dependencies. And as I mentioned, uh, just getting used to that lifestyle where most people, 99% of people, tend to say, no, I'll just stay where I am. So there's like a big donut hole. You know, we talk about donut holes. And then the other window that happens, as I mentioned, is a medical emergency, or more typical even, at the end of life, when someone becomes uh, so fragile that they realize their days are numbered and they're willing to go to a facility for some comfort and some care in the final days of their life. We read this morning from the gospel, John chapter 20, it says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So what is the good news this morning? We talk about as Lutherans that we're saved by grace through faith and not by our works. So what does this mean? Well, it means that if we can't work to earn our own salvation... It's kind of like no amount of work can convince someone that they need to make a change in their life, that they need to get off the streets. That's actually kind of the same as our Lutheran theology. 99% of people say no. And it can be very discouraging. And it makes you wonder if there's any amount of work that would work. So I asked the team, I said... How do you do this day after day? And the difference is that one has to have faith rather than work alone. Nurse Brittany said, I know that most people are going to say no, but it gives me encouragement and I keep going when someone looks at me and says, thank you. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for treating me like a human being. And I would say to all of us this morning, that is what faith is. Faith, right? Faith is something that you can't prove. Faith is something that you have to believe without evidence. And if our Lutheran theology is true, then each and every human being, despite our sins and our failings, in our inner being, in our soul, we are made in the image of God. And that cannot be erased. No matter how fallen we are, no matter how distorted our lives might become, we read in Scripture, and the Holy Spirit verifies it on Pentecost, we are God's creatures, and God 
loves us. And therefore, if we have faith in that, we must live it out by showing love and respect to all of God's people. Homeless, mentally ill, sometimes criminal, drug addicted. They're not all the same, but they can overlap. When we love such as these, this is a true test of our faith. And finally, there's grace. Saved by grace through faith and not by works. So where is grace today for us on this Pentecost Sunday? Well, I saw grace on that this past Tuesday. After we were on Sierra, we went up a little bit and we turned to another spot where people are normally uh, there, just living in a tent. And I will tell you that all day long, I had some very interesting smells that I had to deal with. Uh, and if you've ever been in one of those situations, you know the smells can be so strong that it, it sort of stays in your nose and, and there's not much you can do about it. You go home, you take a shower, and you scrub your nostrils. Well, this last place that we stopped, it smelled beautiful. It just smelled gorgeous. It smelled like flowers. It smelled like a beautiful spring day, like when you walk down 21st past the shoey orchard, and it just smells amazing. It smelled like this in the middle of this very urban area of downtown Fontana. And we're talking with these people, and finally Nurse Brittany says, it smells so good. Why does it smell so good here? And they all laughed, and one of the guys pulled out um, some hand sanitizer that was a, a floral scent and, uh, and opened it up, and, it, and indeed that was why it smelled so good. And this same man said that he needed a sleeping bag. Deputy Carrico got one out of the truck and gave it to him. Someone else said that their ID had been stolen. Deputy Carrico filled out um, a voucher so they could go get a new ID from the DMV. And Nurse Brittany was helping people. And it smelled sweet. It smelled sweet. It smelled beautiful during a day that was very challenging. And at the end, I said, would you like a prayer? And the answer was yes. And so we held hands. A deputy, a pastor, a nurse, a man, a woman, another man, people living in a tent. We held hands and we prayed. And the sweet smell of the Holy Spirit and fellowship filled the air, just as it does this morning for us. Martin Luther's dying.